Hello, hello, it is Chowderhead Sports here coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Red Sox, we've got the Patriots, the Bruins, the Celtics, and we also have a lot to talk about today. So I want to get to the NFL playoffs. We had a bunch of crazy good games this uh, weekend, but to save time for that, I'm going to start off talking about the other sports teams. The Red Sox, still irrelevant right now. It's... um. The off season, it's winter. They're not even right now. I think Fenway's got like a hockey rink on it, so we're very, very far away from the baseball season. Uh, truck days coming up soon. Pitchers and catchers reporting in you know I think a month or so. So you know it's still distant, not really relevant right now. So we're gonna kind of you know skip Red Sox news and going straight to the Bruins. Bruins dismantled the Philadelphia Flyers six to three. Tuka Rask is back after that you know injury he he had against Nashville. They played great, uh, were able to defend home ice, which is always important. Philadelphia's, you know, played the, used to play this pretty good. Um, it was an all-around good game. We got goals from Marshawn, and Chara had a nice slap shot goal. So it was just overall a really good performance by the Bruins. You know, you want to see more of this. Tonight they play, or actually in the afternoon, they play against the Islanders, and then they go on to play Detroit. So got a couple of good games coming up. And hopefully we can get some W's playing. You know, got some tough teams. Got Chicago, got Pittsburgh, and then Pittsburgh again. So it's not going to be very easy. Um, so hopefully get some teams, get some wins against playoff teams, and that'll really, you know, let you know, okay, here's how good we are. If we can hang with Pittsburgh, if you can hang with Chicago, and even Tampa later on, then you can say, okay, now I know, you know, if we can hang with them, then yeah, I'll start believing in this team. So this stretch of games coming up in the next week or two, that's going to be some. Uh, important games for the Bruins to really, you know, prove they're um, a contender. So moving on now to the Celtics. We're speeding through this. I want to get to the playoffs. It was an exciting weekend. Um, Celtics, though, don't want to undermine the performance by Isaiah Thomas against the Atlanta Hawks. Friday night, he hit the game winner with, like, five or six seconds left. He made a nice, um, made a nice shot, gave the Celtics the lead, and ended up winning 103-101. to um, it was it was a big game for not statistics wise, but it was a big game for Al Horford. It was his first time playing Atlanta in Atlanta in front of his old home crowd. You know he got booed and whatnot, but that what, what can you expect? Um, but for him, I think that was probably a big game. He probably circled it on his calendar because anytime you go home against the team that you've played for for so long, you know like not that LeBron and Horford are the same caliber, but when LeBron had to play. Cleveland again after joining Miami it's like okay I've called this place home for so long and I'm sure it's very hard to walk into that st uh, that stadium and now you're in the visitors locker room I'm sure that was just kind of a weird moment for Al Horford and you know um, that's over with you know he doesn't have to worry about that anymore so that you know that's all water under the bridge and you know the Celtics it's it's good to get a it's good to see the Celtics beat Atlanta in Atlanta, the team that ultimately beat you last year in the playoffs. My only concern is you, you lost, I mean, you won by two points. You clearly could have lost this game, and Atlanta's not the same team. You took one of their best players. Cleveland just took Kyle Korver. Like, who's left? Teague is gone. I think it's just Paul Millsap is the only, you know, maybe Ken Bazemore, the only people there that are anybody's. Uh, it's just concerning that the Celtics team cannot beat the Celtics team cannot beat um opponents that 
have been weaker, what you know, just don't seem to be on the same level as you. So we'll see if the Celtics, if this is a sign that, hey, we're still susceptible to losing these games. I know we won. Hooray, Isaiah Thomas, clutch in the fourth. But only two points against Atlanta, really? I don't know. Still concerning. They play tonight against Charlotte. Um, 7.30 should be a good game. And then we play Wednesday against New York, again at home. So And then Portland at home. So we got, we got a nice home stretch, three games um, this week at home. So hopefully you'll get some W's and, you know, make me shut up um, because I dealt this Celtics team a lot. Uh, you know, so that that's it for their, the for the rest of the Boston sports teams. Now let's talk about the playoffs. Finally, yes, the Patriots and Texas uh, game is what we're going to start off with. And boy, oh boy, was this su- a surprisingly good game. Not if you're a Patriots fan, it wasn't a good game. If you're, you know, a viewer and tuned in, then yeah, you you got to watch a good game. Um, I know it at the final score was 34 to 16. Doesn't look like it, but you know that's just because the Patriots, um, you know, kind of pulled away, I guess, in the second half. But at the first half, it was like it was 17, yeah, 17, 13. So, I mean, we were only down by we were only up by four, so. I don't necessarily think the Patriots played to their best of their abilities. I don't think anyone believed Texas was going to hang with us like that for so long. Brady made so many mistakes, and, and you know, he had a great game, but those interceptions, both of them, I mean, he threw two picks all year, and then you get in the playoffs and you throw your, the amount you threw all year. I just, I don't know. I know Tom Brady's the, the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, but still. Not necessarily, you know, what you want to see. He was 18 for 38, 287 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a total QBR rating of 56.9. I don't know. You don't really like to see that. He was he was below 50% completion, which, uh, you know, is very uncharacteristic of Tom Brady. And, and if you look at those two interceptions, the one to Floyd, it hit Floyd's hands. I get it. But Floyd had a layout for that. And it's not Floyd's fault for it popping up. If Brady had hit him in stride, then maybe that would have been a completion. Instead, it you know turned the ball over and just really you know start off a slew of of misfortunes for the Patriots. And then his second pick, he threw it. He didn't even see the linebacker. Open your eyes, Tom. You can't make that throw. You you could have seriously cost the Patriots. And the defense bailed us out this game. The defense bailed the Patriots out, only holding. The Texans to 16 points. Brock Osweiler was 23 for 40 with 198 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and a total QBR of 13.9. So, yeah, obviously Brady was the better quarterback in this game. Not going to try to make it seem like he was worse than Osweiler, but very concerned, Tom. You got to you gotta play better. You got to play better. You can't beat, you know, in this whole team in general. Deion Lewis, you know, had a great game too, but he fumbled twice. So great. You had a touchdown running, catching, and um, on a kickoff. I don't care. You fumbled twice. That's what matters. You fumbled twice. And against a better team than Houston, this, this Patriots team would lose. If you make these kind of mistakes against Pittsburgh next week or in the Super Bowl, you're losing. You're losing because you can't, you can't turn the ball over like four times, I think it was. Yeah, four times, two fumbles, two picks. You can't have that. Um, 
Laguerre Blunt was a non-factor in this game. You know, throughout the week he was sick. I was really surpri- surprised he suited up and even went out there. So kudos to him. He was eight carries for 31 yards, no touchdown. Um, he did rip off a nice 18-yard run, I think, like 20 yards, something like that. And um, towards the end of the game, and you know, the half ended with the Patriots getting stuffed at the goal line. I know there was like a pass to Devlin, and if he had just reached out, he would have got across, and it didn't happen. Um, and I think Blunt not playing made that a uh, you know hard for the Patriots to punch it in anytime they got close to the end zone because he's that guy. He's the guy who turn around, hand the ball off to, and he just pounds it in. And I think the Texans realized, okay, Blunt's not out here for the first series, not out here for the second series, very sparsely, you know, getting playing time. So they probably knew he was sick, um, still feeling, you know, the illness that he had, and they were able to game plan a little better for Tom Brady. So that's the only pass I'll give the Patriots offense is you didn't have the guy who punched in like 18 touchdowns this year or something like that. So, you know, I will definitely um, definitely give the look Eric Blunt a pass this week. He was dominant all week, uh, I mean all season. So when, when you get sick, you can you can rest. I, I, won't, I won't hit on you for that. Now receiving, and this is where... I'm going to, you know, seem like I'm really high on the Patriots. What a Tom Brady throwing the deep ball. A lot of people question Tom Brady's ability to throw the deep ball and say that's where he doesn't stack up against most quarterbacks. You know, he's just king of the short pass. Well, go watch the highlights of this game because he hit Hogan for 45 yards. He hit Edelman for 48 yards and another time for like 37 or something like that. He was throwing the deep ball beautifully. He hit James White for like a 20-yard touchdown. Like, dropped it in perfectly. Like, Tom Brady chucked the ball deeper than I think we've ever seen him do it in one game. It was ridiculous. I would, all of a sudden, you know, there's a play where the the pocket kind of was collapsing around him. He just, like, pointed up and just chucked it to, I think, uh, to, I think it was Hogan or Edelman. I'm not sure exactly who it was. But, and, you know, they caught it and whatnot. And he was throwing the deep ball even early on. They got a 30-yard penalty because Hogan had pass interference. But he was looking deep. So... Brady stretching the field, definitely um, something that you like to see because it was a complete and utter tendency breaker. You know, everyone thought Brady was going to throw it short across the middle. He had Edelman and Hogan out wide, and it was beautiful. Michael Floyd, disappointed in you. I, I thought, you know, I thought you were going to perform very well in the playoffs seeing as you're on DUI charges. That didn't happen. He had one catch for nine yards um, on three targets. So he also was kind of half responsible for the interception that Brady that hit his hand Martellus Bennett was a non-factor one reception for four yards on four targets so you know and there was a while it got scary I thought he was hurt bad he like hyperextended his knee um and then it just I don't know it looked ugly but hopefully he rests up this week and we need you Martellus Bennett if you're listening Mr. Chowderheads is calling, saying we need you because Gronk is a force to be reckoned with. And since we don't have him, you need to step up and play. Not like Gronk, you don't have to be as dominant, but we need you to, to be in the passing game and, and draw some coverage away so we can free up our other guys. Um, you know, as, as far as the other side, you know, Deon, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, we kind of kept him contained. Six receptions for 65 yards on nine targets. Um, Fedorowicz had, you know, three receptions, 36 yards, and he had the touchdown, um, which was just awful. We really bit on that play action. Um, so hopefully the Patriots, they they kept they contained the run. Lamar Miller, four, uh, four rushes, 
16 yards. That's it. Um, no, that's receptions. My bad. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't rush very well either. Yeah, 19 yards, 19 carries on 73 yards. So, you know, we kept the the run game in check. We kept the passing game in check. So the defense played phenomenal. Very, very um, happy with the way they performed. A lot of the times the defense is worse than the offense for the Patriots, and it seems like Brady has to bail out the, the uh, defense a lot. But no, this time it was the other way around. They kept us in the game. Um, so if you're a Pats fan like I am, and you probably are because you're listening to this, you can't be super calm. You can't be like, cocky going into next week's game against the Steelers and I'm not gonna you know try to dissect that we'll do that later in the week talk about the matchup against the Steelers but coming off of what was supposed to be you know a good you had a bye week a good week of rest you had all you know a whole week to analyze for just the Texans alone you didn't have to play an extra game you were at home you know it was cold the way you guys are supposed to like it and the 9-7 and seven Texans come in here and really show a lot of your weaknesses with Jadavian Clowney and Whitney Merciless, you know, being able to get on Brady and knock him over a couple times. And there was a lot of times where flags weren't called that should have been. You know, Brady would get hit later or whatnot, but still. Um, you know, they got to Brady and they just look had flashes of the AFC Championship game last year when Von Miller would just kill Brady like every play. Um, you know, the offensive line had been playing great all year. Dante Skarnecki was, like, resurrecting this team and resurrecting the line. And all of a sudden, we took a big step backwards. So hopefully we can get that in check. And hopefully, you know, this game doesn't isn't a precursor of things to come. So moving on from the Patriots, overall, uh, you know, decent, decent game. Uh, we'll go to the other game that was on Saturday. The first game of the playoffs this week was the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks, and I was wrong. I'll admit it. I was wrong. I picked the Seahawks to upset. I didn't think Atlanta was good uh, enough to to beat an experienced playoff team. You know, the team, they had similar records, you know, 10-5-1, Seattle, and, you know, Falcons were 11-5, so I was like, all right, you know, you guys kind of got similar records. I'll go with a team that's been there before, been a back-to-back Super Bowls, and I was wrong. They they won big. Twenty to thirty six was the final score, and Matt Ryan had a MVP type game. I mean, twenty six for thirty seven, three hundred and thirty eight yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He played phenomenal. Russell Wilson had a pretty decent game. Seventeen for thirty, two hundred twenty five yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. So, um, you know, turn the ball over more, you're gonna lose the game. That's just how it goes. Um, and ultimately, Atlanta's defense stepped up big. I mean, that first drive, Seattle marched down the field, and I was like, yeah, this is what I saw coming. I know I was I was really worried that Atlanta wasn't going to be able to stop them, and, you know, that's not the case. They stepped up big after that, only allowed a touchdown again in the fourth quarter. So, you know, they held them without a touchdown for two quarters, which is pretty huge. Um and I was watching, and I knew one person on uh, the Falcons' defense. And I watch every football game every week. Atlanta was just under the radar. I knew Vic Beasley, and, you know, he got a little shaken up. And then I was like, who are the rest of these people? I had no idea who they were. I know that their top corner, Desmond Trufant, someone that I love, uh, he was hurt early this year. So I was like, all right, the Atlanta's done. And they stepped up big. This defense played phenomenal. So I, I have a lot of 
you know, a lot of respect for them now that I've been able to watch them and pay a lot of attention and seen them beat a good team. They beat a great offensive team, and they held, you know, Thomas Rawls in check. He was 11 carries for 34 yards, um, you know, not like the 160-yard performance he had last week. And to be honest with you, I don't understand how you only give a guy who was a complete monster last week. You give him 11 carries. That's just that's just bad coaching, Pete Carroll. You need to you need to give your workhorse work. That that's what he's there for. He he proved to you last week that he could run the ball, and this week they they must have game planned and tried to pass too much. I don't. I just wasn't impressed with with what Seattle tried to do during the game. They didn't have enough um, enough rushing attempts, and that's ultimately where you could point to where they lost. Um, Paul Richardson, though, they've got a great young wide receiver. He had four receptions, 83 yards. Uh, he had a 40-yard catch. It was, it was just awesome. He's awesome. He is flashes of, like, Odell with his hands. And, um, you know, is someone that I could see being a very, very uh, dominant player in the future because he's young and he was, like, a nobody. No one knew who he was. I know I didn't. Um, so, you know, adding him to Doug Baldwin and, and Jimmy Graham and Jermaine Curse, that would be good for their receiving game because um, if you're not going to give your running back more than 11 touches, you need to have people who can catch the ball and he's someone that they can add. But really um, disappointed in what, what Seattle tried to do, and that's why they lost the game. And you know what? They're out of the playoffs. I wasn't super scared of them as far as like their matchup against the Patriots, but you know they're out, and you know anytime Seattle's not in the playoffs, you feel a little bit better no matter what you think of them. So, uh, Atlanta Falcons, kudos to you. You guys played a phenomenal game. Really impressed with, with Matt Ryan's ability to keep composure. And, um, you know, again, they, they've got a good running back tandem. They've got Tevin Coleman, 11 carries, 57 yards. And then Devontae Freeman, uh, 14 carries, 45 yards, um, and a touchdown. So, those two, Coleman and Freeman, two-headed monster that they have there in Atlanta. So, um you know, definitely something that you think of Atlanta, you think of Julio Jones, Gabriel, Sanu, passing game, but no, their running game is pretty strong, um, ran for over 100 yards combined, so that's something that, um, that is definitely something to, to watch out for, and, and again, uh, receiving great game from Julio Jones, six receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown, Sherman could not cover him. I know Sherman was kind of shadowing him without Earl Thomas there. So uh, Julio proved that he is a top, probably best, second best, it's up for debate, wide receiver in the game. You might put Antonio Brown ahead of him. You might not. He's just a freak of nature with his height and speed. Um, Sanu had a pretty good game, four, yard, four receptions for 44 yards and another touchdown. So a lot of their, a lot of their uh, passing attack came from, from those guys. And, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman can catch out of the backfield too, man. This guy does it all. He had four receptions for 80 yards combined. He had a total of, let me do the quick math here, 125 yards. That, that's a beast player right there, you know, passing and receiving. I mean, <laughs> passing and receiving, uh, rushing and receiving. So definitely want to see more of him. I know we had a good year last year. A lot of people, he hit the rookie wall. Um last year and a lot of people said ah he's not going to be good this year but no he he's for real people don't sleep on Devontae Freeman being a top running back in the years to come so 
that's pretty much it. My pick was wrong, so right now I'm one for one, and I think I did terrible this week, so. But I was one for one, at least on Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, starting off with the Packers and Cowboys game. Phenomenal game. Phenomenal. Best playoff game I've seen in a while, probably since the Patriots 2014-15 against the uh, divisional round against the Ravens with the pass from Edelman that game. Yeah, that was a great game. This game right up there. I don't know if you heard, but there was three 50-yard, really four, but only three counted, 50-yard field goals in the last minute and a half. So uh, really uh, came down to the wire. Aaron Rodgers was brilliant, 28 for 43, uh, 356 yards passing, two touchdowns in an uncharacteristic interception. Dak Prescott, though, didn't have a bad game, 24 for 38, 302 yards, three TDs, and an interception. So, And that interception was just red beautifully by Micah Hyde, just jumped the like wide receiver screen or the short pass, um, and, and you know was lucky it wasn't a pick six. But Green Bay did it without Jordan Nelson, and you know I picked the Cowboys at home, Ezekiel Elliott and whatnot. Uh, so I thought the Cowboys were going to be able to pull through, and they just the Cowboys got down early. They were they were losing, you know, twenty one to three, and then they were able to battle back. And they had a phenomenal fourth quarter. It was 18-6. to six. They outscored them uh, in the fourth. So really, you know, you got to be, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're disappointed, but you got to look to the future and say, okay, we had Ezekiel Elliott, who we drafted high. Dak Prescott came out of nowhere. No one knew who he was. He was, you know, Romo's backup, and now he, he's winning you, you know, games. You know, I know it's disappointing to lose in the playoffs, especially after, you know, having such a good season, losing the first game, but. Cowboys fans, rest aside, you will be good for a while, especially with those two, as long as your um, owner and doesn't, you know, be stupid and try to put in Tony Romo all the time. So, honestly, Aaron Rodgers, arguably the best quarterback in football right now. Obviously, I'm going to say Tom Brady, but I'll, I'll open the discussion, discussion up. I don't know if you've seen the play. It was a miracle. He threw it to, it was like, Rolls out of the pocket, not a Hail Mary in the end zone, but, you know, was moving, running to his left, threw it, you know, kind of a wobbly pass, but Jared Cook, tight end, he used to play for, uh, I want to say the Rams, um, and anyways, he, he just, on the sideline, with his tippy-toe tap, just right in the sidelines, unbelievable play, if you haven't seen it, just Google Jared Cook, like, touch, like, Garrett Jared, Jared Cook, like, sideline catch, something like that, um, and you'll see it because it was it was unreal. Probably one of the best sideline catches I've seen since maybe uh, Santonio Holmes in the end zone against the Cardinals or the Mario Manningham sideline against the Pats in the Super Bowl. Those two were great catches. This right up there, phenomenal play. Packers won, and they deserve to, and they're moving on. And if Jordy Nelson's healthy next week, then, yeah, the Packers are a serious, serious team to worry about because when Aaron Rodgers can beat teams without his best receiver, you know, as soon as he gets him back, I don't know, scary to think about, but that's not till the Super Bowl. So great game from the Packers, great effort from the Cowboys, young team. Um, if you, Ezekiel Elliott, 22 rushes, 125 yards. So, you know, got a lot of good performance out of him. And... Last game that was happened was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And honestly, the Kansas City Chiefs did not show up. They didn't play well at all. Um, their defense did. Their offense wasn't there. Alex Smith was 20 for 34, 172 yards. 
and a touchdown plus an interception. I don't get how you throw and complete 20 passes and still only get 172 yards. I don't. It just feels like you should throw the ball deeper a little more. Ben Roethlisberger, 20 for 31, 224 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. Pittsburgh's offense, right? The the beasts, you know, the killer bees. I think they're called Brown, Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. You guys couldn't find the end zone at all, so that's just pathetic. Uh, not scared of the Pittsburgh Steelers as much as I think other people are. He he couldn't. They couldn't do anything. Le'Veon Bell had a good game: 30 carries, 170 yards. You couldn't find the end zone, really. Antonio Brown, six receptions, 108 yards. You couldn't find the end zone, really. I don't know. Testament to how good the Kansas City Chiefs are. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but. Not not scaring me. If they had put up like 50 points, like, yeah, I'd be scared. But 18 all on field goals, not going to get it done. And Kansas City lost because the receivers, you know, Travis Kelce didn't really get going till the till it was too late, pretty much. He had 50, uh, he had 77 yards and five receptions. Jeremy Macklin only had two receptions for 28 yards. Tyreek Hill, they kept him in check. He had four receptions for 27 yards. So overall, um, you know, Containing Tyreek Hill contains Kansas City's offense, and that's where they lost. Their rushing game was dismal. Spencer Ware had eight carries on 35 yards, and Trek Hendrick West had one carry for negative one yard. So, I mean, they, they didn't really attempt a lot of, of rushes. They attempted 14 rushing, and that's including Alex Smith, who was two for nine. So, 14 rushes for 61 yards. That's not gonna. That's not gonna win you games, and and you got to be able to rush more than that. Um, I definitely think that Kansas City is a good football team, gonna be in the playoffs almost every year. But you got to be able to rush the football. You can't rely. Like Alex Smith is not a good enough quarterback. Jeremy Macklin, Tyreek Hill, and Cal- Travis Kelce are not good enough passing offensive attack, where you can only rush the ball fourteen times in the playoffs. Andy Reid, as a coach. Man, what a disappointment. You should have been able to call better plays than that. Um, so we'll see you know, what happens in the offseason if they try to acquire another offensive weapon because that's what lost in the game. Their defense played out of their mind. Um, you know, So hopefully you know, the Pittsburgh um, you know, isn't just bad in that it's just a testament to how good Kansas City's defense is because having a top defense is something that um, you know, takes teams... A long way so overall disappointing to see Kansas City not perform as well I mean it was a good game if you're a Steelers fan though you watched the Patriots yesterday look you know not Patriots like and you must be really excited like wow you know if we beat the Chiefs you know and we look good then I'll be confident you couldn't score a touchdown so stop being cocky I don't know if you heard but Mike Tomlin in the locker room was was melting off about the Patriots you know, saying, oh, they got, like, an extra day of rest or whatever. Antonio Brown was, like, Facebook-living it like like an idiot. Um, so, you know, Mike Tomlin, you are just a moron for not, you know, just saying those kind of things. You know Belichick's going to walk in and say, like, hey, look at what they're saying about us. You know, um, you know they're calling us names and saying, you know, that we get extra day or whatever, all this, you know, he's basically complaining. So hopefully... um. You know, Belichick uses that because Mike Tomlin is, is I don't like him very much as a coach. I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers as a team. I think they're a dirty team. Um, we'll talk about 
you know the Patriots Steelers game you know when it's closer to it but anyways just wanted to get that out there in case you guys hadn't heard it's worth worth a Google search anyways you know that is it overall um my picks were pretty pretty bad I I was one for four I think I I picked the Patriots to win and then everyone else won that I picked everyone else that I picked lost wow um pretty bad maybe I don't know anything about football who knows um but yeah that's pretty much it that's going to wrap up this review of the uh playoff games this weekend Patriots play next Sunday, 6 o'clock, against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. Should be a great game. We'll talk about it later, like I said. Um, so, yeah, those are the big things to take away. As a Thomas, clutch in the fourth quarter, as always. Beautiful to watch. Um, anyways, so thank you guys for listening. This was Chowderhead Sports. And till the next time, um, I'm, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>